Welcome back for day three of week eight of our look through the book of Isaiah, our last week in this book. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 64 today. It's a chapter that talks about what it means to be saved. We, we talk all the time about this, what it means to be saved, being saved, but we really don't think a lot about what we're talking about. Saved is one of those words in the church that we've become so familiar with that we forget how powerful, how wonderful it is. Isaiah 64 gives a fresh, real, personal perspective on what it means to be saved. Let's just walk through three things that it means to be saved. First of all, when you talk about being saved, salvation is a desperate desire. It starts with a desperate desire, a desperate desire to be rescued. Isaiah 64, 1-4. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. So there's this desire to be rescued, to be saved. Rend the heavens, rip apart the skies and come down. I need you, God, right here, right now in my life. You are a God who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Salvation recognizes that God is a God who acts. He is a God who makes a difference. Mountains trembling, fires burning, nations quaking. Verse 3 You did awesome things that we did not expect. If you're looking for the miracle of God's rescue, you need to recognize that salvation is an awesome thing that we did not expect. We had no right to expect. But because of Jesus Christ, he saved us. He rescued us. So no eye has seen any God but you. You recognize that God is the only rescuer. As long as you're looking somewhere else for your rescue, you're not going to look to God as your rescuer. You're going to try to make it happen yourself. You're going to try to make it happen with something that seems closer or, or more simple or more practical. It's when you come to that point when you realize there's no God but you that you turn to God as your only rescuer. So salvation is this, is this desperate desire. Salvation is also a hopeless desire. I know this doesn't sound good at the beginning, but the truth is we've got this be- desperate need and we look at it and we realize it's a hopeless desire. Our desire to be rescued with salvation meets this despair of being rescued. We look at who God is, we look at who we are, and we realize we don't deserve to be rescued. Isaiah 64, 5 to 7. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continue to sin against them, you were angry. So how then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous righteous acts are, are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and made us waste away because of our sins. Those of us who've been rescued need to constantly remember how impossible spiritual rescue seemed. We were in a situation like being alone in a canoe in the middle of the Pacific Ocean without radio, food, water, and a shark just took a bite out of your canoe and it's sinking. 
We want to be rescued so badly, but how could we be? There's no rescue in sight. There's no rescue possible. And so we feel hopeless. What makes us hopeless in these verses? Honestly looking at our sin. Filthy and unclean in verse 6. Shriveled and swept away by our sins. The last part of verse 6. Beginning of verse 7, we're separated. We're wasted by our sin. It looks absolutely hopeless. And so number three, salvation is an impossible grace. Isaiah 64, 8. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. How, how in the world could it happen? How can we be rescued when we're in such tremendous peril? We have a rescuer. The answer is not in us. It's in God. Verse 8 reminds us of two things about God. First, God is our Father. Now, that seems so familiar to us because we, most of us begin our prayers, our Father or Father or Father God. Jesus taught us to pray that way. But God being spoken of as Father, that's rarely seen in the Old Testament. It was only when Jesus taught us to pray in this way that we began to pray in this way. So this is one of the first times we're seeing this clear picture of God as our Father. To be rescued, I need to recognize, begin again, have restored this relationship with God as my Father. God is the creator of all mankind. God is not the Father of all mankind. To be a father in the picture of God, we have to have a close relationship with him. I know in our human relationships, sometimes our fathers are not close to us, but God is not like a human being. In his perfection as a father, he will have a close relationship with us. And he's opened the door to that. He's opened the way to that through forgiveness in Jesus Christ, through rescue in Jesus Christ. He brings us back into that relationship of father and son, father and daughter. He's the father of all who come into a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. So right now, maybe you need to take a moment to recognize God as your father. Maybe you never have. Maybe you're not sure, as I'm talking about being rescued, being saved, you're not absolutely sure you have been. Well, you can be absolutely sure now because it doesn't depend on what you do. It depends on what he's done for you. So you just say, Jesus Christ, I recognize that you came to rescue me back into a relationship with God to rescue me from the evil in this world to the eternity that you have planned for me. And so I accept your rescue. I reach out my hand to you instead of depending on myself. I reach out my hand to trust in your forgiveness and to trust you begin to lead and guide my life to all that you called for me to be. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you that God is my Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God is our Father. So he is our rescuer. That's the impossible grace of salvation. God is our potter. And then these verses also say, God is our father. These verses also say, God is our potter. The, the potter is the one who personally, who painstakingly makes a creation. Makes sure that it's all in balance. Makes sure that it's all smoothed out. The potter's hand is on the wheel and is on the pottery, making sure that it's formed in just the right way. What a picture of how God is personally fashioning, shaping your life. God is the potter, and his hand is on your life. The, the miracle of rescue comes when we recognize this simple truth. God is the potter, I am the clay. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way, that old song. You are the potter, I am the clay. 
So to be the clay is to allow God to be at work in my life, to allow him to form and to fashion, to trust what he's doing. God rescues us from all that had been destroying, devastating our lives. But he also rescues us to become all that he's planned for us. He is the potter fashioning all of that in your life. That's the miracle of impossible grace. Let's pray together. And in prayer, Father, we just want to thank you for your impossible grace revealed through Jesus Christ. Thank you that we are saved, that we are rescued, that we're made new in you. Thank you for rescuing us from our sin through the forgiveness of Christ. And thank you for rescuing us to become all that you called for us to be in Christ, beginning even on this world and our imperfection, our struggles, and completed in heaven. So thank you. Even though we don't always understand it or see what's happening, thank you for the ways that you're forming, you're fashioning, you're molding our lives. And we say in prayer, have thine own way. Your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're gonna take a look at the awesome promise of our eternal home in heaven. 